Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We are in the middle of a series on identity, in the middle, more at the tail end of the series on identity. We have two more messages on identity. I hope you stick around or show up and come. We have been diving into discovery about who we are. And when we understand who we are, it positions us for where we can go. And it also keeps us from being disrupted by all of the circumstances in our life crashing in and around us. But one of the things that we uh, really have kind of dove into is not only just understanding that God needs to be in the right place in our life and that's, that solidifies us and, and puts us in bedrock space and our identity is uh, rooted in who we are, not in what we do. So our assignment is temporary, but our identity lasts forever. We start talking about um, who we are and what we're called to do and the unchangeable things that we're called to do, right? So there are some things in our Christian life that God establishes for us to do. And the, one of the first things we talked about was that you and I are called to be a part of the body. Amen. You're actually made for the body and you're made to be fit into the body and each one of us has a part to do. So one of those functions in the body we're gonna talk about today is that you are called to be a priest. You're a priest. And there's been lots of really, uh, just a lot of bad information out there and a lot of really bad culture that has been, you know, driven down from generations and generations to us about what being a priest really is about. And it really starts back in, in the first century of when Rome decides their whole nation is going to be um, a, a, like a, a nation under God. And they make Christianity their primary religion. And they take a lot of the model of what the priesthood had turned into in the Old Testament, and they shifted it and turned it in to like a, a sort of a new covenant way of doing an old covenant type of worship. And they set up these popes and priests, and they take and gather up all of the ministry and say it's only for the professionals to do. And they even gathered up the word of God and said that it was holy and no one but someone that was holy enough should ever even read the word of God and it was illegal to read the word of God if you weren't a priest. They were talking even New, new Covenant times. That's not good. Because what's happened is, 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 is that even though we've broken down some of those barriers and we start to see that, that the body of Christ has more jobs to do than just priests, right? Priests are not the only part of the body of Christ to do that work. But we, we understand there is more for all of us to do. But there is still this stigma and understanding of thinking that, oh, pastors and priests or ministers are supposed to do more and, and, and not understand. If we don't know that our job as individuals is to be a priest, we're, we're going to be missing on a huge part of our job description before the Lord. Amen? So we're going to dig into that. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. All right, so you're called to be a priest. But one of the things you need to get first is that God doesn't want to use you. God doesn't want to use you. He wants to know you. So we start talking about what we're going to do for God. We want to, we, we want to get established appropriately. Is that God doesn't want to use you. Sometimes we pray, oh God, use me. Okay, that's fine. But, but how many guys want to be used by your spouse? How many of you guys want to be used by your friends or your boss? It's like nobody wants to be used, okay? God didn't, 
die for you to use you. He died to know you. So fundamentally, God is on a relationship uh, it, like journey with you. He wants to find you. He wants to know you. He wants to be one with you. It's all about relationship first with God, not the thing you're going to do. But God wants us to do stuff. But he wants it to come from a heart inside of our heart. He wants it to come from a heart of love and response to him and understanding who we are. First, if we know who we are, then we can move into our ministry from a right place, which is about knowing God. So, the most important thing is to know who God says we are. First, we're children of God. So he wants to know us, right? As children of God. He wants to know us as friends of God. More than conquerors, chosen and dearly loved, citizens of heaven, the redeemed, we're saints, we're a holy nation, and we're a kingdom of priests. Revelation 1.6. All right, so you are a priest they're like, that sounds like a big, really important job. Maybe I don't feel qualified. Guess what? God qualified you. And he never intended for one person or one people group to be priests. Now, if we look into the Old Testament and we look at Exodus 19.5, so like we see that, that, that in the Old Testament, there was one group of priests and they were the Levites, and they were the, the sons of Aaron, and they were the generations that come after Aaron. They were the only ones that were allowed to minister to God. But why? And was that God's first intent? In Exodus 19.5, it says this, If now you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, and these are the words you're to speak to the Israelites. This command was out, gone out to, to the whole nation of Israel. But what happened? So the whole nation of Israel was called to be a kingdom of priests. But what happened is, Moses goes up on the mountain, and while he's up there, they all make this golden calf, and they start to worship it. And so everybody slips and falls into idolatry, and they're worshiping this calf, and then Moses comes down and goes, what are you guys doing? I'm up here getting the word of God to bring to, to the people. God just took us out of Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. God had destroyed our enemies, and now you're back to worshiping these idols? Are you, have you gone mad? Are you mental, Right? He tells him, he goes, anybody that's with me and for the Lord, come over here. And the only people that came with him were the Levites. Everybody else stayed. And so the reason God chose the Levites, he says that he consecrated them and set them aside because they chose to not worship the idol and they chose to come to the Lord and, and, and serve him in that moment. So God said, okay, then you guys are gonna be blessed for that act of obedience. But his intent wasn't that only one part of the nation would be priest able to minister to him. It was that the whole nation would be. But, there was, but it changed and shifted in that moment and set aside a people group. Look at this in Hebrews 8, chapter, five, 8, chapter 8, verse 5. They serve at the sanctuary. And this, this is a copy and a shadow of what is in heaven. This is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle. See to it that you make everything in accordance to the pattern shown to you on the mountain. God established something in the Old Testament that was foreshadowing what he wanted for us in the new. And so every little detail about the tabernacle and how he set up the priests to minister in that tabernacle was specific instructions for each one of us because he desired for us to be kingdoms, a kingdom of priests 
to minister to him. And so we look at the, 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 we're not going to do this today, but when you look through the whole tabernacle worship experience, you realize every little detail was set up to bring ministry and glory to God. And, eat, and the, the priests, the, the job was to, to facilitate that worship. So you're a priest. And your intention is not, the intention of God is not like with the Levites that there just be one small people group or one person that could do that ministry. Rather that each one of us would, all of us would be an entire kingdom called to him to minister to him together. And everything that happened there in that Old Testament time was set aside to foreshadow how we would live for him. Look at this, Revelation 1.6. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God his Father, all glory and power to him forever and ever, amen. Revelation 5.10, and you have caused them to become a kingdom of priests for our God, and they will reign on the earth. Come on, you are a priest. This is the best job ever, by the way. Especially if I've been studying into this, this space, I, I am blown away at what the ministry God would give us to be priests. So what is your job as a priest? What is a priest? In base, the basic of a job of a priest or what a priest's job is, is to be a worship leader and, and to lead others into worship, to worship God and to lead others into worship. First Peter 2.5 says this, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. This is a new covenant life. This is what God designed for us to be a kingdom of priests, all built and fashioned together, built into one house, his church, to be a holy priesthood. You're a priest. And doing something here, offering Spiritual sacrifices, worship, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. When you got saved, you were like, how did I end up being a priest? <laughs> how did I get that job? You might be asking, how did I get it? When you got saved, you got drafted. Yeah. <laughs> you got drafted in. You're a worship leader. You're a priest. And now when we're all together as, a ch as the church, we're being built together as a spiritual house to bring worship to God. But you have to know that you're a priest and you have to know that he called you into it. So what did, what did priests do? One of the number one things that the priests were called to do was to steward the meeting place. In Numbers chapter one, verse 49 through 53, we'll read here. You must not count the tribe of Levi or include them in the census of the, other Israel, uh, of the other Israelites. Instead, appoint the Levites to be in charge of the tabernacle, which is the tent, okay? The tabernacle is the tent, the place where God meets. The tabernacle of the covenant law over all its furnishings and everything belonging to it. They are to carry the tabernacle and its furnishings. They are to take care of it and the encampment around it. Whenever the tabernacle is to move, the Levites are to take it down. And when, whenever the tabernacle is to be set up, the Levites shall do it. Anyone else who approaches it is to be put to death. Yeah. The Israelites are to, be, are to set up their tents 
by divisions, each of them in their own camp under their standard. The Levites, however, are to set up their tents around the tabernacle of the covenant law so that my wrath will not fall on the Israelite community. The Levites are to be responsible for the care of the tabernacle of the covenant of law. They were called and charged to take care of the tabernacle. So if this foreshadows who we are as priests, and now the tabernacle, the Bible tells us the tabernacle is you. The tabernacle was really a word for tent. And even Joshua and uh, Moses, they had a tent of meeting. And they would go in. It was where God met with them. And they would linger and stay with the presence of God. The Israelites, the Levites specifically, the priests, were called to minister to or set up and take care of and tend to the tent of meeting, the place where God would meet with his people. You and I as priests, one of our jobs, our primary job is to be a place, a place where God can meet with us and with his people. And we're called to steward that place of meeting. Well, where does that happen? What happened? It should happen now. Right? We're all gathered together now. We're here. You're a tabernacle. And your job is to be a place of meeting, to prepare a place of meeting for God and people. But what about when you go to the grocery store? You're a priest. You're called to take your tabernacle and set up a place of meeting for God and his people. Come on, people can show up in the grocery store and you're standing there and you're a place of meeting for them. You're called to be a priest. God said, I bless my nation to be a blessing to all nations. And he called his a kingdom of priests. Imagine a kingdom of priests, mobile, tabernacles. Anywhere and everywhere, God wants to move us and set up a tent of meeting for people. You're at Home Depot. Tent of meeting. That's an opportunity for a dude in a yellow apron, an orange apron, to get saved and encounter the power of God's presence. You're at work. And you're working next to the guy who's struggling. And you can have a tent of meeting. And you're a priest to him. You're called to have a meeting with God and encounter his presence and set up a place for that individual to encounter God. But if you don't see yourself as a priest, you'll miss the opportunity. If you don't see that one of your jobs, primary jobs, is to set up a place of meeting between God and people, you and I, we'll just go along just Living like normal people. You're a kingdom of priests. We are a kingdom of priests. We're called in 1 Peter 2 to, be, to build, being built into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. Everywhere I go, I can set it up. My, this is something that Zach Neese says in this phenomenal book, uh, How to Worship a King. And a lot of what I'm teaching today uh, I just don't think anybody has taught it better, in my personal opinion, than Zach Neese has. And so I've just used tons of his stuff throughout the whole message. I encourage you guys to read his book, To Worship a King. How to Worship a King. So, so good. But here's an identity, identity statement that, that, that Zach says. Only priests can steward tabernacles, not plumbers or politicians or pianists. Only priests can set up a meeting between God and man. And I embrace my identity as a priest. Only a priest. You, if you get your identity wrong and you think you're a plumber, a pianist, a politician, politicians set up a meeting for man, for man. 
but a priest sets up a meeting between God and man. If you're the thing you do and then you don't get to do it, your life is destroyed. But you can always be a priest. You can always minister to God. No one can take that from you. That's how you know your identity is rooted in the right thing, is you're made to be a priest. But only a priest gets to steward the power of God. If you see yourself as just a pianist or a, 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 if, you're a, if you're on our worship teams, okay, and you're just a person who plays and sings songs, the presence of God is not going to, you're not going to set up a meeting place for all of us. But God's called you and I to be way more than just things we do. You're a, you're a school teacher. You're a meeting place for students in our public school system to meet the living God. You set up a tent of meeting for them. Otherwise, you're just a teacher. I want you guys to see this, and I'd like for us to say this together. It's in the next slide here. I am a priest. I am ready uh, uh, for God to open opportunities for me to host a meetings between his son and the people he loves. Is that worded right? Meetings, yes, good. I'm a priest. It says meeting in my own notes. I'm good. I'm a priest, and I am ready for God to open opportunities for me to host meetings between his son and the people he loves. Okay, let's do it one more time, and I want you to say it as a prayer, okay? So before we do it, I'm going to pray over us. Father, in Jesus' name, God, will you shift the way we see and think right now? God, we don't want to just say this. We want to become priests before you. God, we repent for just not holding this up or even not understanding what we're called to do, and we just lay all of the other jobs and all the things we want to be at your feet, and we declare it today, God. Let's do this. I am a priest. I am ready for God to open opportunities for me to host meetings between his son and the people he loves. Ooh. Man, what if, what if we all became a kingdom of priests and we we're setting up meetings for God and people everywhere we went? So well, what were some of the job descriptions? When they set up the place of meeting, what would they do? Here is some of the things that they are called, that priests were called to do, that we are also called to do. Deuteronomy 10.8, at the time the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to minister, to pronounce blessing in his name as they still do today. That is why the Levites have no share in the inheritance among their fellow Israelites. The Lord is their inheritance as the Lord your God told them. Okay, three things in this that they're called to do. One, carry the presence, the Ark of the Covenant, all right? And they're also called to stand before the Lord and minister to God. And they're called to pronounce blessings over the people. Carry the presence, stand in ministry and minister to God, and then bless his people. So let's talk about these just a little bit. So to carry the presence, the Israelites that God uh, told Moses, instructed him to do everything exactly right. Even if, if you study the tabernacle, which is something that I want to do in the future, and we'll just break it all down. It's super nerdy and amazing. But when you look at every single detail, he said, had a purpose for you and I in our new covenant life, right? But when you look at they were, even the poles that they were designed to carry uh, the ark with, they only carry them with, with certain poles, and the priests had to carry them on their shoulders. If anybody did it wrong, they would die. <laughs> 
This is serious. And the main reason is he wants us to understand our new covenant life with him. If they do it all wrong, then we don't get to see how, what was supposed to look like in us. The way you carry the presence of God matters. You just don't carry it all willy-nilly however you want. You shoulder the presence of God. And they never carried it alone. No one person could carry the ark by themselves. It was always together. We're called to be a kingdom of priests, a holy house built together to carry his presence together. But your job is to carry the presence of God. You set up places for meeting with God and then you carry his presence. How amazing is this? You get to carry the presence and the glory of God. Amen. Everywhere you go. In the time uh, that Israel was wandering in the desert, they get the Ark of the Covenant, the Tent of Meeting, and all that. They get a worship, and they're having these great encounters of the Lord, but then they get stuck in the desert because the people didn't believe that God was good enough to give them the land that he promised. And so a whole generation died in the desert and did not carry the presence of God into the promised land. The land he had destined and promised to them. But then another generation, Joshua and, Gen jo Joshua and Caleb generation, a, a generation that believed in the promises of God. They said, the giants don't matter in the land. We're going to go get it. And there's this big river rushing across this, the Jordan River. And they're like, how in the heck are we going to get across this? The first thing that they did to go possess the land is he told them, the priests, to put the Ark of the Covenant, the presence and the glory of God on their shoulders. And he said, first you're going in. They're like, we're going in? <laughs> I'm thinking, we're not the engineers. Nobody's building a bridge. Like, what is going on? No, you're going to go stand in the river, the first obstacle in the way between us and the promise that God had given us. Take the presence into your obstacle, guys. You lead with his presence. God called us to lead with his presence and step into the obstacle before it stops running. So many times we want as priests, we're like, whoa, we're just priests, we're just soft, like weak people. You're carrying the presence and the glory of God. And if you're willing to step into your calling, you step into the river, the obstacle, then all of a sudden God will stand that obstacle up and he creates a pathway, dry land for you and I to walk right into our promise. But you've got to be willing to do your job. You're a priest. You're called to carry the glory and the presence of God. We just got to step in. And you can't step in with your swords and fighting and arguing against other politicians and blah, blah, blah. Step in with his presence. Set up a place of meeting. Carry and shoulder the glory and the presence of God. 2 Corinthians 5.20 we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God was making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God has made you and I an ambassador. And everywhere you put your feet, like walking in the promised land, it belongs to you. And you're carrying his kingdom and redeeming it for the call and for his purpose. You show up to your workplace, boom, kingdom just showed up. Because a priest just showed up. You're like, the priest is here. And I'm carrying the glory, man. And your job is to step in to every place, every piece of ground. And you know it's already been won. 
the, the whole foreshadowing of the promised land and Joshua and Caleb and the Israelites going across the Jordan, all they did was bring the presence of God and the enemy trembled because he knew he had been defeated as long as God was with them, they could not be defeated. In fact, they knew they were squatting on God's land. They were warned, you can just leave or we're gonna take you out. And that's the warning that you bring the devil every single day as a priest. Hey, you can leave and get off my land, God's land, the kingdom's land, or I can kick you out. You choose. But you can only do that if you know you're a priest. And you can only do that by the power of God's glory and his presence. That is the only thing that kicks off the devil. He purchased it. This was defeated on the cross. Jesus defeated the devil on the cross. He is a defeated devil. And all the land belongs to his kids because he took it back and he gave it back to us. And our job is to go possess it. And everywhere you put your feet as a priest is now as an ambassador becomes no longer foreign soil, it becomes your soil. Come on, everywhere an ambassador goes, they're protected in the other, even in another nation. Where their feet are in that space, the ambassador, that's U.S. soil, that's their soil, man. As a kingdom ambassador, it all belongs to you. And everywhere you put your feet, you bring the presence of God and it's redeemed for his purpose. This land has been reclaimed by God and defeated the devil on the cross. Sickness makes way for healing. When you step in as a priest, sickness makes way for healing. Heaviness makes way for joy. Death makes way for life. And op oppression makes way for freedom because you bring the kingdom everywhere you go. But you're called to go first. <laughs> you're called to go first. It's a martyr lifestyle. Give up your life so that Christ can live in and through you. The second thing they're called to do is minister to God or to offer sacrifice. Deuteronomy 10.8, at the time the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and stand before the Lord to minister. And this word means to offer up sacrifice, to give up of their life, to worship, truly worship. To worship God is to minister to God. Worship is our ministry to God. There is no Bible word in the entire Bible. There's no Bible word that translates that worship is for people or man. I'm going to say this again. There's no Bible word. There's no context where worship is for you and me. Worship is never for you and me. And there's no way in the whole Bible anywhere that it even comes close to interpreting that worship is for you or me. It is for God alone. As a priest, if worship becomes about us, we gather in worship services, and worship is about the feeling I can get from God, we have put us in the place of worship. There's a Bible word for this, and it's called idolatry. <laughs> and don't do that, <laughs> okay? We will worship the Lord our God and him alone. And there will be no other gods before him. And we'll make unto, 
Unto, uh, there will be no graven Im images made. Come on, right? We make no false idols. Anytime you and I come into worship and it's about us and we have come to judge the worship service, God says, that's mine. That does not belong to you. And who are you to judge it? Worship belongs to God. Your preference, my preference, how we sing the songs, what songs we choose, uh, the, the, the type of tone that they sing. Do they sing the Bible? Do they sing intimate songs? Do they sing about kissing Jesus? And you're like, I don't like those intimate kissing Jesus songs. It's not for you. It's too loud. It's too quiet. Look, for every single one of us, if worship is for us and we lose our focus, and we all do, if we're being honest, we're all guilty here someday. And the older we get, the more grumpy we get, and the more we want stuff our way. I know this. It's happening to me. I'm like, I'm becoming an old man. How is this happening to me? We get less flexible. When we fall down, it hurts. It just is life. And we have to, but it happens to us. We get grumpy when we don't learn how to lose. Our life is not our own. Your ministry is not to you. Worship team up here, their job is to minister to God and to set up a place of meeting between God and his people. And you and I have an opportunity, just like the worship team, to come in as priests and set up a place of meeting for God and his people. But my worship, when I sing it, it isn't for you. It isn't for the worship team. It's for one God alone. That's it. And guess what? Worship gets a lot better when it's only for God. Right? It's a lot better when it's only for him. And he, you know what's so cool? Is that when my worship turns away from me and it's not about what I can get from God, rather it's my ministry to him. I'm a priest. I go into the tabernacle and I place of meeting and I lift up my hand, my face, my life. I offer it as a spiritual sacrifice to God, holy and acceptable and pleasing. And I just give it to him expecting nothing in return. God is so good that he ministers to me. And so many times we miss and we go, oh, I don't feel anything in worship and I'm just asking and begging God for this and that and this and that. He's like, your worship isn't for you. You just haven't learned how to be a priest yet. He goes, okay, let me, I want to teach you how to be a priest. You come to worship and we gather. We're a, not an individual of priests. Not just a priest. We're a kingdom of priests. And he wants his kingdom to gather together. That's why he says, don't forsake the gathering of the church. We are called to minister to God together. It's our act of worship to him. Together. Not just alone. We should, we should be priests alone too. But we can't miss that opportunity to worship God together. We're holy priests built together as a spiritual house. Worship is for his pleasure, his heart, his opinion, his tastes, and his desires. It was never meant to entertain man. It is God's. Worship belongs to him and him alone. Being a priest, my first ministry as a priest is to God. 
Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living, not a dead, but a living. He wants your sacrifice while you're alive. Living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is your true way to worship him. Pure worship is to be a priest and come and offer just your whole life to him. And when you learn, you can actually have nothing and lack nothing as a priest because you've given it all up and all you have left is your ministry to him. The last thing that they are called to do is bless the people. So we minister to God and we bless people. So I take the ministry that I give to God as he fills me up and he speaks to me. Then my job as a priest is to bless people. I am blessed to be a blessing. This word in the in in the uh, Hebrew and then the Greek is barak, okay? And then it is to be blessed. This can mean to kneel and to speak words invoking divine favor. So to kneel, humble myself down, to not be about me, and then to bless and lift up and encourage and invest in and speak life in to others. This word to bless means to be a catalyst for other people's destiny. It's not Oh, bless your heart. Oh, that worship service, bless me, go, bless God. It's to catalyze someone's destiny. It's to build them up. There's scripture after scripture that goes on and on about our calling to build up the body of Christ. Building, God is building us into a spiritual house, right? But we're called to bless and build others up. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.10, for he died so that, he died for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just in fact you are doing. 1 Corinthians 14, 12. So it is with you, since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. That bless, that bless. Your job, my job, is to catalyze people's destiny for God. What is he doing inside of them? I don't know, but I'm gonna ask him for a word or some kind of blessing for you. God, let your favor pour out on your people. God, let your destiny be awakened. What did you shape them for? God, I'm gonna be a place of meeting between God and man, and I am going to give my worship solely and only to you. I'm gonna minister to you, and in that, then I'm gonna bless your people. I'm gonna speak life and blessing, not curse. Romans 12 says, don't curse them. Even when they persecute you and they despitefully use you, your job is never to curse the body of Christ or any other person is to bring blessing, love. You bring love, power, anointing, healing. Everywhere you go, everywhere you go, you're called to bring this kind of anointing, this kind of life, this kind of ministry to every person. But you have to see yourself as a priest and your job is to carry the presence. Your job is to set up those places, to carry the presence of God, the very glory of God, to minister to him and him alone. Your worship only goes one place. Nothing else gets into that seat. And then you're called to bless. Amen. Eleanor, can you deliver your word right now? This is Eleanor Roll. She's a prophet here at our church and Lord spoke to her some words for us. 
Thank you so much, Pastor. Isn't God good? We just love the word of the Lord that came today because it draws us closer to him. And this also even confirms uh, one of the words that God has given me about entering into our promised land that I delivered the last couple months. But we just thank God for what he's doing here. Um, this morning as I uh, just begin to get ready, um, one of the words that the Lord gave me was that he wanted to bring healing to those that have been injured um, incurred by um, accidents and um, and and so and that can be any range of things but I um, what I kept seeing was like popped shoulders um, and and even brain injuries and so if anyone needs healing Jesus is the healer just receive your healing today from these injuries that have been incurred by accidents. Just receive them today from Jesus. He's stirring the waters of healing for you today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then um, I was hearing um, him say to pray for the youth today. It's like the, the youth are, are in a vulnerable uh, place right now. And we know about, you know, the recent, um, the recent threats. But I, I just felt like as I was walking in, he said, the youth need prayer today. And so let's just pray for our youth today. Lord Jesus, we just lift up the youth today. And Lord God, we just set, oh God, the bloodline of Jesus around our youth, around our schools right now, Lord God. We thank you and we praise you, oh God, for your angel armies of heaven, oh God, surrounding our schools, Lord God. We thank you and we praise you, oh God, that you are going to be encountering them, oh God, and there will be a youth movement, oh God. Lord God, even those, oh God, that you are putting upon, oh, oh God, their hearts, oh God, to even transition out of one school into another, oh God, we just thank you, God, for guiding them and leading them by your Holy Spirit. And then one more, I just felt like that um, that there's been there's a couple uh, leaders that have come today. You're you're a leader and you're a director and 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 you you are you're a director of of some departments or a ministry or or whatever it is. And you're looking for a word from God. And the Lord, I just said, I just sense the Lord saying, just lay that down. Just lay the department down just lay because you're trying to carry it upon your shoulders and you can't carry it upon your shoulders but I can carry that says the Lord and he says just lay it down at my feet and watch me do what only I can do amen thank you so much if you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life this is your opportunity to become a priest become who he made you to be, to walk into your destiny. Would you close your eyes with me for a moment? If you're here and you've never chosen Jesus, you've never prayed to receive him, or you're ready and you need to turn your heart back to the Lord, you know today is the day that God is pressing on your heart to make a shift and a change and give your life back to him. If that's you, the Bible says so simply, if you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, he is God, and confess and speak with your mouth, you pray it, you declare it, you will be saved. That's all the work there is on your end to do is believe and speak. If you're here today, 
I'd love to pray with you right where you're at. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to get up and do anything. Just slip your hand up where you're at so I know who you are. Anybody here, Jesus, I want to receive you. I'm ready to pray and receive just salvation. I want salvation today. I want to be knit into your, into your, into your family, God. Anybody here, Jesus, I want to know you today. I'd love to pray. 100% saved. 100% saved. That's okay. Church, start bringing your unsaved friends to church, okay? Start bringing some non-believers. You're a priest in the kingdom. Come on. We want to see dozens of people saved every single week, right? But we're going to pray this anyway. Maybe you didn't raise your hand. If you didn't and you're still here and you're saying, Jesus, I want to know you, pray, Jesus, come into my life. Save me. I believe you're God. Rescue me from my sin. I give my heart to you now, fully, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will you stand, church? We're just going to close. I want to sing this song. We brought it in uh, really around this whole series, and I want you just to respond as you do that you're a priest. I'm a priest, God. I, I was made to be a priest before you, and I am who you say I am. You, I'm not what I think I should be. I'm who you say I am. Amen? I'm not just like whatever I want to be. I'm who you say I need to be. I'm a priest, and I'm called to bring ministry to you. So Father, we love you and we worship you. We give our hearts to you. God, we just, just let us know you more and more right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. We hope to see you soon.